city I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore DadFF. Guys, we are six weeks in, going into week seven. And I don't know about you guys, but this is like a running back carousel. You know, we have so many injuries going on. I get so many people in the DMs and trade talk. And we're here to tell you today when no, to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, and know when to smash. Because there is a big opportunity here where, you know, I'm seeing trades like today. I saw, you know, I was talking about trying to trade with Curtis Patrick, and I, I DM'd him, and he said he got Christian McCaffrey for Javante Williams and LaVisca Chenault today. I mean, those are the kind of deals that are out there because people are panicking, and they're all worried about, what am I going to do with this guy? What am I going to do with that guy? We're in week seven. I have no running backs. And we're going to kind of run you through that and let you guys know who are the guys that you could, should be picking up, what kind of guys you should be trading, who you should be keeping, and, and who you should be out there going after. Speaking of running backs, John, I hear you were at, at the Bears game today, and you met the, the RB1 of Smash Accept as well as some other running backs. Yeah, you know, first of all, what's up, Smash listeners? Good to be back here. No, this was uh, great because I had a chance to go into Chicago and go to the Bears-Packers game, and I can now say I'm real-life friends with Mung here. We uh, got to hang out before the game, did some tailgating, which, by the way, fantastic game day scene in Chicago there near Soldier Field. We, uh, Mung and I even got to hang out with Dave Kluge. Shout out to Kluge. We both got Kluge during the tailgating there. But That sounds a little it, gross it, in, in person. But. <laughs> it was awesome just meeting these guys, mixing it up in, in real life. And so here I am. I'm going to the game. I had a, the opportunity to go up into one of the suites. And um, as I'm waiting for the suite elevators, here comes David Montgomery. And Montgomery's there. He is. He's got this massive brace on his leg, and shared the elevator with him. And I said, "Hey, wish you the best. I'm sure you wish you were playing down there on the field right now." And he's like, "Oh, no doubt." And it just was a reminder just how crazy it's been with all these running back injuries. Is what Mung and I were talking about pregame. So such a great topic tonight for the show. Yeah, and. and Looking at the real life picture, I mean, maybe, maybe you know, I should have made John the RB one because we got a huge height difference between the two of you guys. Maybe Mung should be the wide receiver one. I was throwing that out there, but Mung, you know, tell us a little bit about the game and and, and some takeaways you had as well. Because I'm jealous I wasn't at the game. You know, I was just sitting here at home, and all of a sudden I get these texts from you guys. I'm like, man, I got to get out there. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, always a good time tailgating at the Soldier Field lots. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens if they do move the stadium to Arlington. Um, it's it's definitely a great vibe right by the lake. For those of you who haven't been, uh, definitely uh, let me know if you guys are ever in town for a game. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we did talk about changing some lineups uh, right before kickoff, and we talked about just the awful state of running backs right now, right? Like, even if you thought you were prepared, because there are some dynasty GMs out there who – uh, you know, they're very smart. They help. They hold on to those handcuffs and even those flyers, right? I was a big proponent of Gus Edwards, but even he got hurt. Uh, you know, Cleveland, you thought you were okay with Hunt. 
uh, if Chubb went down and now we're on to Ernest Johnson and Demetrius Felton. Um, you know, if you thought you picked up Damian Williams and you were good for a little bit, he landed on COVID IR and you were stuck with Khalil Herbert for a week. So it's been crazy. And it, really, there's nothing you could have done uh, to prepare for this, right? Because injuries are always part of the game, but this season especially. And if you're if you lost like two or three straight games, uh, it's not necessarily your fault, right? Like maybe there are moves you can make, but this is just the variance that we talk about and we have to embrace it to an extent. Well, before we jumped on here, I mean, John and I were talking, and, and one of my favorite teams, you know, I, I was in the, the championship last year, and I decided and I was going to build my team completely around wide receivers. I have Tyreek Hill, I have Devontae Adams, I have DeAndre Hopkins, I have Chris Godwin. Set it and forget it, you can start those four guys. And then I was telling John, you know, like, I have Saquon, and I have Najee Harris, but the rest of my wide running backs are Devontae Booker, James Conner, Mike Davis, Chuba Hubbard, Carlos Hyde. Tony Pollard, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, and, and I, ha- I had Gus Edwards. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough where I think the zero RB community has really kind of soured it, right? You see zero RB and you're like, I hate that, right? Like we all look at it. But if we drafted wide receivers in that sense, and Mung, you and I hit on it a little bit last week, if we're drafting those wide receivers and stacking that team, these are the lottery tickets you want to have. You don't want to have roster clogger wide receivers like Auden Tate. You know, you want to have the next running back up. And we talk about it all the time, picking up that next running back. Because even if I'm not starting these guys, this is the time of year where you see, you know, Darius Johnson going for a second round pick. You see, you know, Daryl Williams going for a second. Or even if you package up a third and one of these handcuffs that it's only going to get one start for a second. I traded Chuba Hubbard in a second for a first today. You know, I'm trying to do those kind of things where these lottery tickets become something. And how many wide receivers go down to injury and some guy steps in and now all of a sudden he's a wide receiver one? It doesn't happen. But the running backs, they keep getting that usage. So, I mean, John, we, we at least have to think about it a little bit different. Last year, out of the top 12 picks, if you were in one running back or one quarterback league, you're looking at nine guys going in the first. You know, three wide receivers, nine. Mung and I talked about it two weeks ago, where there were only three wide receivers, I believe, in the first first round going again. So, I mean, should we be altering this a little bit? Yeah, I think that we really should. I mean, this this has just been a bloodbath. And to your point, you want to get consistency out of the top picks that you make. And I really liked what you guys said two weeks ago, but even more so now. It, it really is a, in, in many ways, a smart strategy to start strong with wide receivers in your startup. I mean, we, we talked about whether you're a Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams kind of guy, where they're a little bit more established, or you like Justin Jefferson, you like Jamar Chase, the CeeDee Lambs. Um, either way, those guys are on the field every week, putting up points for you so consistently. And you can come back around and get a lot of these other cheaper running backs. Just throw a bunch of darts and you're, you're rotating guys like Alexander Madison, Darrell Williams, et cetera. So I do like that strategy, and I think that we're going to start to see more and more of it. So you, you kind of almost need to, to get ahead of some of that. Um, what, what do you think, Mung? you think that that's um, kind of picking up some steam here with building lineups like that and building teams like that? Well, it's definitely a little bit safer because wide receivers generally suffer fewer injuries, right? But um, I, I'm hesitant to make any real big conclusions when we're still only six weeks through the season, right? We're not even halfway there. So 
Uh, you know, it, yeah, right it's on. too early to victory lap whether you're a zero RB truther for redraft or whether you're robust running back, whatever it might be, because it's just been a very strange season, and every season's strange. Yeah, everyone to an is. Extent. Yeah. Um, but you know, for the people saying that zero RB is clearly the strategy going forward, how are you feeling with Arizona spreading the ball around and not hypertarring DeAndre Hopkins or the same thing happening? With Stefan Diggs or Calvin really getting a ton of targets, but just no production. AJ yeah. Brown with a hamstring injury until now. Yeah, um, Alan Robinson back yeah, to the Alan Bears. Robinson, yeah. right? Oh, it's not it's not bulletproof by any stretch. Yeah. But I'm saying well, more of more of the philosophy of if you build those wide receivers, and it doesn't mean zero or B. It, I, I've most of my leagues where I'm really like up there. It's hero RB. I have one or two guys, and then a list of dudes that could just jump in there. And what I'm saying is. A lot of times I see someone, look at how sexy my roster is. My wide receiver nine is LaVisca Chenault. That's wonderful. You know, you're never going to play that guy, right? You're never going to play your wide receiver nine. You're going to have five guys in that in that range, and they're safer than if you have five running backs and you're trying to figure out who's going to play because of what we're seeing. And we got, a, uh, we got a week here where this is crazy. So I'm looking at Yahoo, and, you know, you got the top guys. They're all the same. Once we get to RB8, now this is what we – this is – I saw some people, you know, this is the bye week from hell. I saw all kinds of different things where, you know, we got the Vikings on bye. We got the Chargers on bye. We got the Bills. We got the Cowboys. John, I sent you a picture. I literally only have Darren Waller as a starter in my one league because all my guys are on the Bills, Chargers, Vikings, Cowboys, and Jaguars. You know, so like all those running backs are out. I mean, Cook is out. You know, obviously, James Robinson, who's absolutely been slaying it, is out. Like, all Zeke, you're, you're missing so many guys. So the RB8 this week is Leonard Fournette. RB9, Darrell Williams. Got Jacobs, Hubbard, Patterson, Elijah Mitchell. Just like we drew it up, right? We all knew those were going to be the guys that are on Yahoo's, like, top 15 list. So, I mean, it is a crazy week. And I have a lot of people saying, well, let, what should I do here? You know, should I go out and trade for a running back? It's too early in Dynasty to be making a move like that where it's like, it's week seven, you know, you might, hopefully you have a guy like Naheen Hines or something like that that's going to, might catch a couple of passes, J.D. McKissick, that you can throw in there in that situation. But if you're five and, you know, five and one, four and two, even, even three and three, this isn't the time to panic, you know, like people are looking at their running backs and John, you and I talked about it, it was like, if those guys are on by, guess what? Then you have them the rest of the year. So it's like, what do you guys look at this time of year? Are you trying to buy somebody cheap or we just try to plug and play? Yeah, this is a couple key things here. And, and, Mung, and uh, Mung and I were talking a lot about this. So, first of all, we're, we're one-third of the way through the season. Mung, to your point, it's still early, okay? The key is to evaluate what your team is going to look like as you're closing the season and heading into the playoffs. That's when you want to get hot. Those are the money games. That's when you're going to go into the playoffs and, and win some ships. So guys like CMC, Cook, if if you're on if they're on your roster, those are those are likely holds. If you think you can compete, you've got a strong wide receiver court, you you can get into the playoffs, and then you got those guys coming back getting healthy. You're in a great position, so don't don't panic. On the flip side. If you think that you're a player or two away and you can pick those guys up cheap, like Curtis Patrick did in this scenario, and, I, and I'm seeing a ton of panic out there. We even saw – I'm just going to say it. We saw a little bit of panic in the Smash Except Listener League. Woo! Um, man. Where, yeah, that was crazy like, wow, busy, what right? what is happening here? 
Yeah. So it's happening even in our own leagues where guys are just like cashing out early uh, because they're, they're not sure they can compete. And so you have to be monitoring that, keeping in touch with your league mates, seeing where you can make a move like that. So it, it really just depends on which side of the coin you're on. So you're evaluating these teams, making moves if you need a couple of players, but not panicking in either situation. Remember, remember, you're building this team for a playoff run. Yeah. And among we've we've talked about it about I have a lot of situations right now where I'm 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 running through some of the talks that we've had and it's like, oh, I got that twenty two first early. What should I you know, it was somebody else's maybe I should trade that for a running back now, or I have that twenty three first, or I have this player and even a trade where I was like, Oh, Derrick Henry's killing it. Maybe I should trade player X, Y, and Z in a first. We get so excited about trying to go get that guy. But guess what? We're seeing how quickly a running back can go down. So, I mean, if you're going out there and you're, you're paying for a guy early and you're trying to, to make that, be patient, relax. You know, I feel like we all want to build that sexy roster and we feel like, you know what? I don't want to rule. I don't want to roll Chuba Hubbard out for the next three weeks. Why not? You know, he's putting up 15, 15 fantasy points a week. It's like, don't get overly excited and try to make that big move and sell the whole future and try to pick up, you know, Derrick Henry or something like that. Wait a little bit like we talked about last year where we were picking those guys up. Now's the time to go out and pick up one of these cheaper guys. And are there some running backs right now that you guys in Dynasty are like, you know what, for the next three weeks, if I can get this player added into a deal, like who are some of those guys that you guys are trying to go out there and get? Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line, right? Because sometimes these players can push you into the playoffs, um, but then are you going to be ready for that stretch run? Right. So you have to have a plan in place where, um, you know, it, I think it does make sense to grab a guy like Daryl Williams or Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have guys coming back. Right. If you're expecting uh, now, I think Chris Carson's a risky bet, but guys like Chris Carson, Christian McCaffrey, um, who are due back in a few weeks. So if Booker and Daryl Williams can get you two out of three wins over the next three weeks, then you're sitting pretty for when. Uh, McCaffrey is slated to return, yeah. right? But if you, if you have no other running backs who are coming back, and then those guys are going to fade back into obscurity uh, once you know Damian Williams comes back and Ceh comes back, then does it make sense for you to pay a second for a player like that when you have no plan? Now again, it depends on what kind of draft capital you have. Can you then pay a first uh, for a running back in three weeks when you do have a winning record? Uh, so there's a lot of moving pieces here, and it's easy to get lost in the value of buying or selling one particular player. But really, you have to look at the other teams in your league, um, and it, it's tough, but try and be objective about your own team and whether you really are positioned to make a run or if you should start thinking about some of those veterans. And and that's why we're yeah. here, right? Like I've had right. – I see a lot of trades, and then I'm like – Let's talk about it a little bit more. You know, I was like, send me a DM. And then someone will be like, this is my team. And I'm like, okay, well, you made that trade and you won that trade, right? But now that I'm looking at your roster, I'm like, did you really? You know, like it's not in the position to actually put you where you want to be. You won that particular trade, but it set you up where you lost a bunch of depth and you might not be in that kind of contention. And John, we were were talking about... Mm -hmm. Derrick Henry, okay? And I got super excited. I'm on a team where I have not lost yet. I'm like, And I'm like, okay, I have J.K. Dobbins on IR. I have Jerry Judy on IR. My 23 first is going to be late. And he offered me Cole Beasley and Derrick Henry for those three players today. 
Mung, before I, John and I talked about it a little bit, what do you think of that? Like, I'm in a spot where, you know, I have JT, I have Eckler, I have Mixon, and I could pick up Derrick Henry as my fourth running back. Well, and I have Saquon, too, so it's, like, kind of crazy. But we're looking at Dobbins, Judy, and a late 23 first for Cole Beasley and Derrick Henry. I mean, I might not be the right person to ask because I'm a, li- a little bit lower on Judy and Dobbins than consensus. So I-, I would take that personally, especially since you seem like a strong contender. But again, it all really depends, right? And you have to kind of pick and choose your battles and hold on to what you personally believe in. So, like, uh, there are ambivalent players that really depend where Dallas Goddard, people offered me early seconds in the offseason. And I maintain that at some point, Ertz was going to get moved, right? It was a will he, won't mm-hmm. he. But generally speaking, when the tensions come to a head, like it was reported, it's really difficult to see that player playing out an entire season. Now, sometimes it happens with Aaron Jones actually re-signing uh, with Green Bay when we all expected him to get released and then, you know, Dylan to take over. But, it, I mean, it, there's so many moving pieces that you have to just consider the context and it's hard to talk about this, you know, in a generalization. Right? Yeah, I feel like I'm oh, rambling, for sure. but there's just it, it's hard to put some of these situations into a single tweet. I understand, but then a lot of times I feel bad because when I reply to a trade question, it's just kind of, you know, it seems pretty fair. It just depends on your your team needs and whether you're contending. Speak. So, the cowbell. We have a new segment today. So we all know about the, uh, you know, the, the Chuck Norris memes out there, right? And how tough Chuck right. Norris is. I personally think Derrick Henry could take Chuck Norris. And today we're going to come up with our, our top five adaptations of a Chuck Norris meme. So without further ado, number five, did you guys know Superman owns a pair of Derrick Henry undies? <laughs> I love that one. And I do think that for sure Derrick Henry could hang with Chuck Norris. All right. Number four, when the boogeyman goes to sleep at night, he checks his closet for Derrick Henry. Love it. Number three, Derrick Henry is the reason Waldo is hiding. (laughs) It's a fantastic one and also true. It's factual. Second one, number two, Derrick Henry can sneeze with his eyes wide open. And number one, without a shadow of a doubt, if you ask Derrick Henry what time it is, he always says, two seconds till. Two seconds till what, you ask? Two seconds till you get a stiff arm in the face for a touchdown. That yes. stiff arm is just deadly, man. My son was watching the game with me, and I don't know if you guys watched it, but they showed him just throw Josh Norman like six times yes. in a row, and they did it in like slow motion, every different angle. And, and my son's like, is that real? You're like, yeah, Derrick Henry is like playing out there with a bunch of kids. So let, let's look at Derrick yeah. Henry here right now. If you're in a points per carry league, he has 210 fantasy points through six weeks. That's an average of 35 points per game with he's got 783 yards, 10 touchdowns. There's no one close, right? And he's got 18 targets. The next highest person in that same format is Austin Eckler at 147. So nearly 70 points difference between the one and the two. Derrick Henry, we talked about it last year. He was the guy, King Henry, was going to take you get championships. I got mocked thoroughly trading Christian McCaffrey straight for Derrick Henry with a competitor just because, and, you know, it did backfire a little bit. But 
did we did we just bring the demise on too soon? I mean, Derrick Henry was going. John, you got him what in the second or the the second round in in Smash Accept? Yeah, well, I ended up um, trading for him because I was pretty big on him, um, and it, I know we loosely use the term league winner, but right now Derrick Henry looks like he could be a league winner, and everyone was just basically trying to predict he just can't sustain it. I mean, the kind of workload he's had is crazy. It's going to catch up to him. It's eventually going to catch up to him. He can't keep it going. But this guy, he's the Chuck Norris of the NFL. He's just next level, and he keeps doing it. I mean, last night, he just could not be stopped. I mean, that he looked like he was shot out of a freaking cannon. Derrick Henry, single yard run. Like he ridiculous. single-handedly not only won that game, but he was in the back of the coach's mind of, you know what? We have to go for it here on fourth and one because we can't stop Derrick Henry. He is just running it right. down our throats. I mean, it, it it's unstoppable. And if you look, aside from Najee Harris, he has twice as many carries as every single player in the NFL. Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, and then Derrick Henry. Everybody else, he has double the amount of carries. And and that's that's got to be scary a little bit. Yeah, I know. I was just looking at even just PPR rankings. He's 50 points ahead of the next running back. 10 touchdowns in six weeks. Again, everybody wants to say there's no way he can sustain it. And, and of course, there's probably going to be some regression. But week to week, this guy's continuing to do it every week. I mean, just look at these stats. So you, you just kind of have to be careful with predicting everyone's going to decline because some people really are just next level good. Just built for it. Different. So built with, different. You know what I mean? With a 17-game season, he is on pace for 504 touches. <laughs> Without not not including the playoffs, he's on touch for 504 touches. Something we've never seen. Mung, I mean, is it is this scary to you, or is this man just such a freakishly abnormal human being that we should just continue to buy the hype here? I mean, if you're not contending, you're clearly selling Derrick Henry. And the guy that that I'm trying to trade with, he's in last place. He's 0 and 6, which is very hard to do with Derrick Henry on your team. So that's why I approached him. I'm like, let, let's do this, right? Let, let's get this done. Dobbins, Judy, and that first. But I mean, if you're not contending, you have to sell Derrick Henry. This is the time to sell. But if you are contending, I mean, what? It, it's crazy, right? I mean, this is just a weird situation. Yeah, look, I'll take the L on Derrick Henry because I was a bit lower than consensus on him in the preseason. And it was just, you know, I didn't think that the pass catching production was going to exactly be the pass game. Mm-hmm. The new head coach, or sorry, the new offensive coordinator um, is an internal hire, right? So there was not necessarily any reason to think that he was suddenly going to be involved more as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, partially that was due to the injuries to both Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Um, but yeah, I think he can sustain RB one production. Is he going to keep scoring three touchdowns every week? No, probably not. Um, this is probably just a roundabout way of saying we should probably be buying Ryan Tannehill right now because clearly the Titans offense is getting better than what we saw in that disastrous week one loss. Um, and, you know, eventually Tannehill is going to throw for some touchdowns, right? It, it just cannot absolutely all go Derrick Henry um, unless he just breaks fantasy this year. Yeah, the, the guy that, I mean, before I approach the Derrick Henry owner, the guy in second to last has Najee Harris. Najee Harris right now is the RB3, and I'm all in. I, you guys know I've been the entire time, and the touchdowns aren't even there yet. It's just a matter of, you know, he leads with 34 receptions. Him and DeAndre Swift are tied to, to lead the league, and, you know, just four total touchdowns. 
I made the same offer for him. You know, there, there's some guys like that where if you're in the middle, you know, and you're not quite totally a smash contender, you, you go after the Najee, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, but those guys are almost becoming too expensive, right? I mean, their value is going through the roof. Um, you know, the other guys in the uh, looking at just our top top ten. I mean, Austin Eckler's two, Najee Harris is three. Zeke, I got to give it to you, Mung. I mean, we, you and I were talking about Zeke being up there, and, and he's, you know, people were kind of saying Tony Pollard was taking over, but now that we're getting into the heart of it here, Zeke is killing it. And then Jonathan Taylor's up there at five. Now, John, you and I were talking about Jonathan Taylor a little bit. You know, people got worried week three, week four. He had a couple down weeks, and then, dude, absolutely just killed it this week. Um, talk to me a little bit about Jonathan Taylor and and, and what you're seeing. Yeah, n- Go back to Kenny Rogers, the gambler. No one to hold him, no one to fold him, no one to walk away, no one to smash. Love, love that wisdom in life right there. By the way, as a side point, you guys got to go check out the the website guys that look like Kenny Rogers dot com. <laughs> Rest Yo. in peace, legend. But like, it, it is hysterical. They got all different kinds of Kenny Rogers. Um, so that you could you could get lost down that rabbit hole for an hour, but. You remember Mad, Mad TV? They did a, a little thing with Kenny Rogers. It just cracked me up every time. Will Sasso, love it. But yeah, I mean, with Jonathan Taylor, it, it's it's betting on the talent. And any time, like he starts slow. Last season, I traded for him. Um, this this season, I actually traded for him again. And it's the same thing. That the concern is, well, he's not getting the touches really that he needs. I mean, Reich doesn't get it. He's not going to give enough work there he's not going to be involved in the passing game enough but the talent is there i mean he he was again on display the speed the size the vision he busted what another 83 yard play the week before that he has 76 yard um touchdown reception and and here's the thing people are like he needs more work and i'm like time out what do we just get through talking about all of these running backs like a christian mccaffrey they get these huge workloads and their bodies just break down over time. So I'm kind of like at the point where, you know what? 60, 65% of the touches with a talent like that, I'm good with that. Keep him fresh. He rips off get, the big plays. He scores touchdowns. Right. He He's eighth in the league in, in, in carries. I mean, that's not something where it's like, yeah, oh, like, he's not even touching the ball. I mean, you know, he, he has that explosion. We all just want more, right? We all just want the Christian McCaffrey. And we're kind of seeing that aside from right. Derrick Henry and Najee Harris – that doesn't really exist anymore too much around the league. No, it, it, exactly. And so it's okay to have a guy that's just got major talent. It's pretty efficient when he touches the ball and he's going to get his eventually. And if you can buy on the cheap for a guy like that and do it. And I mean, I'll come back to your other question here, Mike, just kind of segue here. Like, cause you, you asked the question, what are some of the other guys that we could be trading for right now? Well, so Jonathan Taylor's is, is now pricey. Like, yeah, it's going to be very expensive to get him. You're going to be giving up quite a bit. If you're contending, I'd still consider it. But, uh, you know, there's guys that are like a couple of tiers cheaper, like um, Daryl Henderson, um, Leonard Fournette. Again, Mong, you put it really well. Like, you need a couple of guys that can help you weather the storm on some of these injuries. Like, you just lost Chubb and Hunt. You need to get through the next three, four weeks. All right. Well, look, I mean – Daryl Henderson's a little cheaper because we don't really know what's going to happen with him next year, right? Cam Akers is coming back. 
Daryl uh, Henderson we, was the guy that Mung and I talked about two weeks ago. The, and then in, in, in Smash Except, the one guy goes, Daryl Henderson puts him on the trade block. I jumped up and, and just sent an offer right away. And Mung had already got it in. And I messaged the guy. I was like, hey, what do you want for him? <laughs> like two minutes later, he's like, it's already done. Too I'm like, late. no. We were like, <laughs> come on. It was like two minutes. You know, and I was like, because Mung and I were like, you know what? He's worth a first round pick. We said it. And then I offered a first. And then you you jumped in there and you had beat me to it. But well, I mean, run, Henderson, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> Henderson is the RB twelve, and and Leonard Fournette's the RB eleven, and you know if you guys gave up on those guys, shame on you because you're, you, you know you're 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 kicking yourself now. The other guy is James Robinson. James Robinson's the RB seven. I know yes. personally, yeah. I should have held him, and I didn't. One league, I got tired of him. I told you, and and we were like, oh, that's a win. Where I traded James Robinson for Deshaun Watson in a superflex because, but I'm a contender now. All of a sudden, I'm like. I want my running back back, right? I want him back. And James Robinson, we thought that the Carlos Hyde usage and Urban Myers being an absolute moron was something that was going to get in the way. He got he got that grind out of his way, right? Urban Myers grinded it out of him. He knows what he's doing now. And James Robinson yes. is is Hello. is the be- is the bell cow now again? You know, I I can't stop with my dad jokes. I, I'm sorry. I enjoyed it. That was good. <laughs> yeah. So. It, 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 Urban actually grinded his way out to a win this past week. He's, he's doing all the grinding. You know, he's taking care of business. So James Robinson, I think, guys, if, if I'm a contender, I'm way I'm willing to give up a first pretty easily for James Robinson at this point. I, I got another one. I got This is a, a move that I've been doing a lot of this week. I want to get both of your thoughts on this. I call it like a look-ahead move. So it's one thing to wait for the injuries to happen and then try to – to load up on your fab or your waiver wire priority to get the, the backup, but everybody's going to be going for him. Like all 12, 14 teams in many cases going after the same couple of guys. Mm-hmm. So if you can kind of predict, you, know, you find a couple of bench spots, you know, you're dropping Auden Tate, right? You're, you might be dropping like Michael Gallup, whatever it is. And you're trying to predict who's the next guy that could be up. So, uh, you know, the week before last, I picked up a couple Daryl Williams. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I picked up Elijah Mitchell. I mean, last week I, I actually picked up Dernis Johnson, thinking, okay, um, this this could actually end up being a play. You're kind of studying the scene. Look at these guys that are getting pretty banged up. So, I was going to ask you guys, who are some of the other ones that we might be looking at, like looking at maybe a week ahead, look, reviewing the running back landscape, and seeing if you can get basically get a guy for free that you end up just plugging right in your lineup like a Daryl Williams and he gets you two touchdowns. A little bit deeper is yeah. I've been picking up Joshua Kelly. Joshua Kelly came back in and he they put him at that number okay. two spot above Roundtree. If it's a dynasty league, people got sour on him, you know, and we know Austin Eckler does not stay healthy. You know, when Austin Eckler's healthy, he's fantastic. Okay. But if there's somebody in there, I, I picked him up in three leagues. Joshua Kelly's probably out there for free. Roundtree still also might be out there, you know, in some leagues where you can pick those guys up on the cheap end. Talking dynasty, not talking redraft, you know. Those guys are a little bit farther out for me in redraft. How about you, Mong? Is there any, anybody you're kind of eyeing there that you could get, like, before the rest of the league gets in on it? I think you're muted or in deep thought. It, it both both 
Sorry, I was going to say, uh, I, I think in Dynasty, Jared Patterson's probably mostly rostered, but you know we're waiting to hear back on this MRI on Antonio Gibson. And uh, it, it may not be good because he's been playing through a stress fracture in his shin, and that's just that's something that you need to let it heal, get to 100%. So I think Washington might be wise to shut him down for a little bit, to get him to full health. Um, you know, Alex Collins is a little banged up. Chris Carson may be done for the season, at least till week 10. Uh, so, you know, guys like Rashad Penny, DJ yeah. Dallas, Travis Homer, um, they're all probably pretty cheap out there. Uh, just, I mean, just starting to look at those number three, number four gross names that you, you don't really want on your roster until you do. Right. And yeah, I, right. I was going to say, I was going to throw right. Penny out there too, but I mean, like, and this sounds gross, but who do we have as the, the RB2 now behind Kamara? You know, is, is it, we got Ty Montgomery, you know, there's some guys like that where it's like, what's going to happen? You know, we're all trying to find the, the next guy. John, was there a guy that, you know, you brought that up. Was there a guy that you were going yeah. out there and who's your guy? Yeah, this is kind of like a mid-tier type guy, but um, I, I like A.J. Dillon. I mean, what, what if something happens with our boy Aaron Jones? A.J. Dillon has actually shown that he could run the ball and catch it and get uh, red zone in a, in a pretty strong offense. That's, that's another one that I would throw out there. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I know you guys are trying to just steal my waiver ads for this week, but uh, <laughs> to your point, Mike, uh, you know, the Saints just signed Lamar Miller um, with Tony Jones out. So that in deeper leagues, that's someone who's probably floating out there. Is he alive? <laughs> no, no I, I got you. We, didn't he sign? He signed with somebody last year. I got super excited. He's burned me a couple times. So we hit on some of those guys to just throw in there. Let's talk about some of these injuries, right? Like, because not all these injuries are the same. I mean, the guy that I'm getting the most questions out there, and I'm going to be honest, like I offered I, I offered Saquon plus a second for Najee. What are we doing with Saquon Barkley? I mean, Barkley's ankle injury looked gruesome. That offense looks putrid. I mean, he came back and, you know, like week one and two, he was coming back from the injury. Week three and four, he goes out there, you know, 50 yards in both games with a touchdown, you know, and puts up 21 and 29. But then he goes down and that injury looked ugly. I mean, that's something where he's still working through it. What are we doing with Saquon Barkley? I mean, should we be buying? The talent is undeniable. He is a beast. But the injuries just keep piling up and that offense is just, it, it's it's gross. I can't even watch the, I can't even watch the Giants play. Well, I think what's gross is you offering Barkley Plus for Najee Harris. Um, I, I would be aggressively buying Barkley on contending teams because he was really trending up as he was getting back you know, from the ACL, ramping up in the last yep. couple of weeks. Um, the ankle injury, it was a, a low ankle sprain, not a high ankle sprain. Um, completely just freak injury where he accidentally stepped on someone. Happens all the time in basketball, not so much in football. Uh, this isn't a compensatory, excuse me, compensatory injury where he, you know, strained a hamstring or something because he wasn't feeling a hundred percent in the knee just yet. This is just a completely freak injury, and I would be buying, buying, buying if you're a contender. Say, in my situation, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know everybody hates on me for talking about Najee when it, in in our group chat and everything like that, but Saquon, what he did in those two weeks is what Najee's done. Almost every single week. I mean, look, week two, 19, 28, 21, 22, 24, and he doesn't have this injury pile up. If I'm drafting today, there's no way I'm taking Saquon Barkley over Najee Harris. And I know a year ago, I would have slapped myself for saying that. But those injuries just keep piling up, and he, he, he's not on the field. 
See, I still am because what we're getting from Najee Harris is what we expect from Barkley, but we haven't seen the big plays from Harris, right? He's been very volume driven, whereas we know that Barkley can have the same volume, but then also break those 80 yard touchdown runs. Um, so that's the difference for me. And again, I understand it's, it's incredibly frustrating that those who drafted Barkley have not gotten production from him but again this is not like a lingering injury like a soft tissue thing that we think could hamper him once he is back you know i think he'll be fine once the ankle sprain heals john what are you doing with saquon barkley i mean i i know you can call me crazy you You know know, you're you're what the heck's going on on? did we just start echoing echoing? are you guys hearing that no we're good now we're good now Something happened there. We were we had a big echo going on there. I don't even know what it was. But, I mean, John, am I completely crazy for going out there and saying that that's what I would do? And John's out. John, you still here? All right. Moving on to the... John, you good? Yeah, can you hear me? Hey, yeah, no, no, we're better. No, am Sorry I completely... Am I completely crazy for saying if I was drafting today, I would take Najee over Saquon? And what are we doing with Saquon? I mean, are you comfortable going out yeah. there and buying it? Or are you? It, is it just too much? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm probably uh, a little bit closer to Mung on this one. Saquon, again, I'm betting on the talent. And so I still have him as a top five dynasty running back. I still believe in him. He did get a, a quick glimpse of it. It is, it is tough and people lose their patience. But again, guys, it's a dynasty. And you got to remember um, what, what that talent could result in. So I'm going to try to be patient with him. But, uh, you know, I no longer have him as like an RB, RB1 or RB2. And, uh, you know, I can understand, like, you got a younger guy like Najee that's coming in. Imagine if they get a better QB O-line in there and the touchdowns start, start coming. So I can understand it. I'd probably just lean Saquon slightly. But I was going to ask you, Dad, who, who do you have now? I mean, with the situation with CMC, Saquon, even Dalvin getting banged up, who, who do you have, like RB1, RB2 in Dynasty at the moment? I, I still have Christian McCaffrey as my one, and I know that mm-hmm. flies completely in the face How of what I just you? said about Saquon Barkley, right? Is I, But I, I feel like, for me, it's McCaffrey one, and I'm somewhere in between, and you guys are going to hate this, it's Jonathan Taylor or... And I love DeAndre Swift. I mean, DeAndre Swift is a guy that I I was all about, you know, and, and the guy is going, we saw DLF had him at 102, which I don't quite believe in. But week in, week out, he you can say it's slop time, you can say whatever you want, but he is putting up really fantastic numbers. And he's, he's able to catch the ball, like, aside from McCaffrey and Eckler, to me, he's in that realm of, you know, Kamara, those guys that can really catch the ball no matter what. And I have those two guys right up there in that same area. How about you, Mom? Who do you have, like, your top three dynasty running backs right now? You got Taylor and Swift kind of sniffing that range, or where are you at on those guys? Yeah, I think Taylor makes sense as a one. Um, I, I probably wouldn't do it, but, you know, Derrick Henry's in the same tier as Tyreek Hill, where we know that their value is going to be declining relatively mm-hmm. soon, but – until it does, they're just league winners, right? You, you get the yeah. consistent 30-plus point performances. So I don't think it'd be crazy for somebody to still have Henry as their RB1. Maybe he keeps it up for this season and one more year. Who knows? 
Um, but yeah, I, I think Taylor's probably the consensus right now, and I, I don't have a good argument against it given what we've seen him do on the field. Yeah, yeah a lot of people have Dalvin in there too. I mean, I feel like you have to. Um, another I injury, I mean, consideration though. Let, yeah. Let's look at let's look at this Browns backfield. I mean, Chubb's banged up, you know, and now we have Kareem Hunt goes on IR. It, it's a sticky situation, right? I mean, Chubb's not going to play and now is officially out for week seven. Um, you know, and they haven't put him on IR, but they have Hunt on IR. I mean, this is an interesting situation. Who should we be going out there and targeting? And, you know, is this now time we should be buying Kareem Hunt? Should we be buying Nick Chubb? What should we be doing with this backfield? We'll start with you, John. I mean, what do you what are you thinking here? Because yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we have and we also have to mention Baker. You know, has a torn left yeah, labrum. Situation. So, you know, it, it's an interesting. It, it's just completely up in the air, and they play on Thursday night, which is, is even worse. Yeah, and then so we we not only do we not have full chub, we have no chub at all. With this, <laughs> not even a partial uh, chub. Cleveland, no, nothing. There, nothing going there right now. And Chubb's already been declared out um, for the Thursday night game, essentially. So here's what I think is going to be happening. So I think that uh, Derms Johnson will be more of the Chubb style running back. And then you got Demetric Felton that will likely become the receiving back a little bit closer to where you saw Kareem Hunt. If you look at the stats, Felton has yet to even have a single carry. He's only been worked into the passing game. But in, in general, I mean, if I'm looking for guys to, to go pick up, I, I'm not going to pay a whole lot for either of those guys. Uh, I do think that Cleveland wants to run the ball, and they're going to need to if Baker is uh, continuing to, to play hurt. Um, or, or even if, you know, obviously it's not going to be any better if it's Case Keenum in there. So I, I'm actually a little bit concerned about the Browns, I think that they'll be okay, but uh, th- that's kind of the situation as I see it, and I'm not real excited about any of those backs. I think that, uh, frankly, my advice would be see if you can actually go find somebody that's panicked over Hunt or Chubb and go go get yourself a full Chubb when he comes back. Get that full Chubb. I like it. Mung, anything to add to that when we're talking about that at Cleveland backfield? Yeah, I think the buy is Chubb, right? Because – we, we were talking about all preseason, oh, like Kareem Hunt's production, if Chubb were to miss time. What about Nick Chubb if Kareem Hunt is out for six weeks, right? Even if, you know, we're not expecting him to become an elite workhorse, but considering how good he is as a pure runner, if, if they just get, you know, one or two extra receptions to Chubb each week, right. he breaks, you know, a, a couple, you know, right. 20 yards, whatever it is. He's in that top five conversation, right? Every single week. That's a great point. Um, and great it point. sounds like, you know, I'm not one of the, the great PTs on Twitter who can give you all the injury analysis, but to me, it sounded like Chubb would have had a chance to play this week if they weren't playing on Thursday night. So there's a chance we get a close to 100% Chubb in about 10 days' time. Uh, so, you know, if you can weather the storm for one more week, if you are a true contender yeah. and you can get Chubb, he's the buy. If you need the help for this one week, you know, add Felton or Ernest, Ernest Johnson off waivers, but certainly they're not expected to be long-term solutions here. Well, and I think Felton will have more of a role on third down once they get, you know, if Hunt's out longer. The other guy, yeah. Mung, is, I mean, I, I keep seeing offers, and I, I alluded to it with, with Curtis Patrick in the beginning, but Christian McCaffrey is never going to be this cheap again, and at least throughout the season. I mean, I feel like, 
this just seems like such a buy window. It's not even funny if you're a contender. I mean, if you can go out there, I'm seeing, you know, like I said, that was Javante Williams and, and um, LaVisca Chenault. You know, I had, I, I saw some offers there where, you know, we were talking about guys like in my one league, a guy wanted Etienne Akers in a first. And I'm like, we've talked about some of the, some of the scares with those kind of guys. I saw Christian McCaffrey go for two firsts and Keenan Allen, you know, and I feel like, McCaffrey is that league winner type. If we can get him healthy back onto the field, I know everybody got really worried, right? We we're like, oh, he's going to be out a week or two. And then all of a sudden the IR label comes out and everyone hits the panic button. Mung, are, are you willing to go out there and buy McCaffrey as a league winner for you? Yeah, I think so, because it, it absolutely sucks that they tried to bring him back too soon. But, you know, they're doing the right thing now where they're placing him on IR exactly. and hopefully getting him hundred percent back. And I just want to say too, if we want to dig a little bit deeper by proxy, you know, it, it's hard to buy low sometimes because the guys who are buy lows are the ones that you're not really comfortable paying for right now. Right? right. Because everybody was super high on Sam Darnold three weeks into the season. And now he's had a couple down games. Is Darnold a buy low? Because, you know, McCaffrey's a huge piece of that offense. That entire offense should get better once McCaffrey's back in three weeks. And, you know, other buy lows that you're not comfortable with, right? Everybody was super high on Tyson Williams for a couple of weeks. And now that he's been a healthy scratch, he's a huge buy low because I do think he's the most talented guy in that backfield. And no, he's not going to see playing time. But all it takes is for one of these 38-year-old dusty Latavius Murray's <laughs> Devontae Freeman's to twist an ankle. And all of a sudden, it's back to Tyson Williams. So, you know, the buy lows that you're trying to think of are the ones that make you think, oh, gross, when we mention them, right? Or else they wouldn't be by lows. Yeah. If you're going out there and getting McCaffrey, and they, they have two... They have Chuba. You got to go after him as well. You got to kind of line that up, and you got to make sure you're you're hedging your bet here a little bit. Um, John, we're going to go with you as the resident expert here, since you shared an elevator with him. But David Montgomery, you know, he's on IR. They're talking about you know we're early to mid November mid November here. That Bears offense you saw firsthand is pretty darn ugly. Is when he comes back, is he is he someone that you're willing to go after? You know what? I, it, he is. And um, I actually kind of liked what I saw uh, out of the offense and the, the amount of focus that Khalil Herbert got. They were completely yeah. committed to him. Even as a third string guy, he got like, I want to say like 90 plus percent of the total touches from the running backs in that game. And they and they committed to him and he got red zone touches and he even scored actually looked pretty good. So first of all, you know, Damian Williams, um, if you could somehow by low, I mean, just had COVID. So uh, I think he's actually going to probably reestablish himself as a nice play over the next couple of weeks. But to your point, again, what are we talking about? Playoffs, playoff run. I like David Montgomery as a, a by low for sure, especially if you're already, if you're sitting at four, two, five and one, maybe six and zero, oh, and you could go make a move like that as your, let's say your RB two, or maybe, maybe even a, in a flex, maybe even um, float a couple of picks out there, see what you can get. So, I, I definitely would make a move for Demont, and now that we're boys, like I feel like I I owe it to him. Like I should go go out there and pick up a couple. You're my boy, Blue. That's a, that's <laughs> awesome. Sharing sharing the elevator, I love it. That's the story to go down there. Going from the exact same, the exact opposite spectrum. Let's talk about a guy everyone's hitting the panic button on, and I know this again, John, is your boy. It's Antonio Gibson. I mean, he's the mm -hmm. RB fifteen right now. 
but it has yeah. not looked pretty. I mean, it, it's very, very touchdown dependent on that. I mean, are we, I know he's worried, you know, we're, we're worried about that injury. Talk to me a little bit about yeah. Gibson. Well, I mean, I think what's clearly happening right now is he's been playing hurt and mm-hmm. they've kind of been leaking out more and more info. At first it was like, yeah, well, he has kind of a bruised shin. Then it's like, oh no, he's got a stress fracture. And I, I read up on it a little bit, but he's he's not playing anywhere near 100%. Uh, he's still flashed and we've actually seen some big explosive plays, but uh, clearly they're not comfortable giving him the the full workload. They've worked in JD McKissick a lot for that reason. I think what they were trying to do is kind of keep him healthy. He's still a, a key part of that offense. Um, certainly they want him to have those critical touches um, where they need to get a few yards, get into the end zone. So that's kind of what I think is going on is, he really needed to have the heavy workload. And we kind of all predict, I certainly predicted that he would have a heavy workload this year based on a lot of the the signs that I saw, but I think the injury is not allowed Washington to do that. And so he suffered a bit. All that said, uh, you know, we'll have to see what they, what they do. Cause I know they want to get him healthy. Um, keep an eye on this one for sure. Because again, I'm just going to keep betting on the talent. I love Antonio Gibson. I think he has talent somewhere in near maybe it's just a, just a notch below guys like jonathan taylor and dondre swift i believe in that talent and remember i mean if he could get a healthy before the playoffs fantastic or if you could buy him low for dynasty do it for sure and don't overthink this too much and uh in the meantime like like monk said i really kind of like maybe you go uh, pick up jared patterson and, and and if you can somehow get J.D. McKissick, that might help you weather the storm or forget both those guys. You don't believe in Washington right now. Go pick up a couple of the other guys to help weather the storm with Gibson. Yeah, McKissick's a great guy to roll out there, especially in negative game script. I mean, it was a no-brainer that he was going to be a guy heavily utilized, obviously, against the Chiefs. Uh, someone who isn't being heavily utilized, Mung, and this is not a victory lap because it is early, but... Alvin Kamara, we got to, I mean, what are we doing here? I know the name cachet has people still buying, but this 15 receptions is, is less than Derrick Henry, less than, you know, Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson. I mean, it is like, there's about 15 running backs that have more receptions and that's where the value has been. And Kamara still, he has, right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what, do, what do we do here with Alvin Kamara? Should we still, are we still able to you know, sell him off that name cachet and finally get out of this? Or do we feel like the Saints offense miraculously puts it all together? I mean, he's been fine, right? Let, let's pump the brakes a little yeah. bit. Because he's an RB too. Yeah, I was among the lowest on Camara, and I, I listed him as a sell, you know, in the offseason. But uh, at the same time, it's not like he's been absolutely awful, right? He's still the focal point yeah. of the Saints offense. And the problem is that mm-hmm. they're just not a good offense with Jameis Winston at the yeah. helm yeah. and Michael Thomas hurt. Um, so it, it depends on what you can get. It, that's a hard, not helpful answer for now, but really <laughs> it's, it, it's very specific, right? If you can get top 10 prices for Camara, then yeah, I'm selling him, especially if you're rebuilding. But if you're getting offered like two seconds for Camara, obviously oh, gosh, you know, no. don't, don't panic on him. I've got one for you. Would you guys do this? Kamara for Joe Mixon and a first. Let's say a late first. I would take Joe Mixon. I would I, take Mixon in the first. 
Uh, yeah, good. I mean, they're I, pretty I, equal I, in value. Do I, I don't think mm -hmm. I'm selling Mixon for Kamara right now. Yeah, it's funny because I actually got offered that very recently and did not do it. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can't panic on Kamara either. He's actually getting a lot more uh, rushes than he has in the past, but the overall offense is down. They're going to figure that out, though. I mean, it's Sean Payton. It's um, They're going to get a, a quarterback in there at some point. So uh, I definitely would not panic sell on Kamara either. It's a good point, Mom. The, the talent's still there, but at the same time, you know, Mixon is a talented running back, and his injury proneness has been way overblown. So I think they're equal in value. If you're if you're getting anything on top of Mixon for Kamara, I'd gladly take that. Absolutely. I, well, I was going to ask you. I, that, I was going to help give you a segue there, like coming back over to to my man Joe Mixon. Uh, he he actually got quite a bit of passing work this past week, and that offense has been looking better and better. With uh, Joe Burrow and those those three wide receivers, where do you guys have Mixon right now? Kind of um, either for season or dynasty rate? Because I'm curious. Because uh, I'm you know I'm enjoying. I have to say pairing him up with Derrick Henry in the Smash Except Listener League right now. Yeah, I mean he's he's RB nine right now, and I feel like not to cop out, but I mean he's top ten. You know I feel like he's definitely top ten when we're looking at things as far as this year. Um, and the, the problem there has always been. If he keeps playing like this, I mean, Joe Mixon still has the age where he's he's still just 25 years old. I mean, people forget yeah. because he came in the same time as those other guys, but he was super young coming out. So, I mean, I think Joe Mixon it, it feels like a cop-out, but he's in the same for this year as he is Dynasty. I feel like he's in that top 12, 10, 12 range for me. You know what's interesting, too, is – that offensive line was the big concern in Cincinnati and the, the answer was going to be, we're just going to blitz the hell out of Cincinnati and we're yeah. going to get to Burrow. Well, I saw this stat. Burrow was like number one in the league in terms of um, accuracy and, get, and getting um, points off of uh, blitzes. He's actually handled it really well and he's, he's been able to get the ball out pretty quick and including two Mixon. And so that offense has actually been pretty impressive uh, for me. And so I'm actually um, looking at buying some of that even for this season. So I'm looking at the back-end RB2 guys here, and I, I want you to gotta break this down here because we got the following guys are all you know RB18 through like 22. It's James Conner, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams, and Zach Moss. Are any of those guys jumping out to you as in the last couple of weeks they're taking care of things, or you know are those guys that we should be getting? Priority stash, obviously we talked about having them. You're going to have to pay up to get them right now. But are you buying any of those guys right now? Sorry, what was that list again? Connor, Edmonds, Pollard, Zach Moss. Uh, I mean, again, it, it comes down to price, but I think Moss is getting more work than Singletary at this point, mm -hmm. uh, despite being a healthy scratch in week one. Uh, Sterling disappointed against the Titans last night. I thought he was uh, definitely top 20 running back for week six, but that that did not happen, wasn't even close. Um, but overall, you know, I, I want pieces of the good offenses, and right now that's Arizona and Buffalo. So, yeah, if you can get Connor for a third, um, you know, I offered to sell him in a couple leagues for a late second uh, early in the preseason, and people scoffed. And then he had those back-to-back -back big weeks. And uh, on a team that I was trying to rebuild, I'm actually now pivoting towards contending just because he got me through the early season. And I do have some draft capital. 
Um, am I going to pay, you know, a second plus for him? No. Um, but at the same time, you know, the same goes for Pollard, right? He's going to have some usable weeks, but it's also going to be tough to figure those out while Zeke's healthy. Um, again, it comes down to your team needs and, and whether you need that running back depth. To close out, because we're getting close to that hour mark here, let's let's all name like one guy running back that we're going out there and buying, one running back that we're selling, you know, based off the price that's going on, based off of what the season's looking like. So let's start out with a buy. John, we'll go with you first. You know, it doesn't have to be a deep buy, but someone that you feel right now that you have to go out and get in Dynasty. I'll kind of stick with um, some of what I've been um, preaching here. I would see if I could possibly get uh, Joe Mixon, um, who you who I, who I really um, think Arrow's pointing up right there, and then a guy right now that's injured to the theme of this show, my boy, Monty. Like, we're, we're pretty tight, and I, I, do, I do like that one for coming, uh, coming back before the playoffs and, and actually um, getting them pretty cheap right now. I'll go with those two. Mung, who would you be buying right now? Who's that guy that you got to pick up? Yeah, I think it's Cordero Patterson. Um, everyone's talking about selling high on Cordero Patterson, but uh, you know nobody's giving you a first-round pick for Patterson, right? Like everyone knows that uh, he's not going to maintain top five running back numbers, but at the same time, considering his involvement in the pass game, he can absolutely put up top 20, 24 running back numbers for the rest of the season if his role stays the same. So if you're contending and you do have a hole at RB2 or even RB1 because of a lot of these injuries, then Patterson for a second-round rookie pick is a very good return right now. I like that. I like that a lot. I was going to go with Henderson, but we talked about him before. You guys, I was listening to late-round podcasts, and he he got me excited on it because you guys know I love Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, we had that scare there in weeks three and four where, where Gainwell was really starting to you know eat into that workload. And we he played they, they had some really tough opponents the last couple of weeks with the Panthers and the Bucks against the run. But he's been the guy that's been out there on the field. I think the usage is going to start to go up a little bit. A little bit more of a trusted talent and a gut call. But I feel like Miles Sanders, I'm seeing on Twitter, people are selling him for second-round rookie picks. you know, And I feel like the talent is beyond that i feel like that's somebody that you go out there and get because we had him i mean look week one 21 points i mean he's still hovering around that five yards per carry miles sanders is going to start he's gets you know weeks nine through 16 he doesn't face or 10 through 16 doesn't face any of the top 10 defenses most of them are in that 20 to 25 range so he's going to start picking things up and i feel like that's a guy that i'm trying to target and, and pick up in my leagues who's your biggest sell right now just one, one quick guy. Who are we getting rid of? Go with you. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, going back to the theme of the show, injuries. Let's pivot back to a couple of guys that we haven't talked about in a little bit. You know, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne. I, I've maintained this whole time that if you can get a first round rookie pick, even a late one, I'm taking that and running because the way that James Robinson's playing. The way that Daryl Henderson's playing, yes. they're forcing these bigger splits. And, you know, maybe I know John won't want to hear this, and I'm a Chicagoan, so I love David Montgomery, but Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert have played pretty well. You know, do they eat into Montgomery's touches even a little bit? Uh, that just kind of hurts his floor and ceiling going forward. So, you know, these, these touch ratios in backfields are constantly shifting depending on who's performing and who's not. So, 
don't you know keep that value in the back of your mind just because Travis Etienne was expected to be that guy when he was drafted. A year is a long time for things to change in the NFL. Yeah, I've I've come full circle with what you say there. I mean, I was buying Etienne and Acres in a, in a in a retool or rebuild, but yeah, James Robinson looks fantastic. Henderson looks fantastic. And that's got to that's got to hurt a little bit. So if you if one of these other guys goes down, and, you know, let's say Antonio Gibson comes down goes down or somebody like that, that's the kind of guy that I'm willing to go out there and trade and start moving some of those pieces and th- those people that think, hey, you know, this is the kind of piece that I I'm looking for. Start moving them with with a pick to try to move into that area. And I mean, I think Tariq Cohen's coming back this week as well. You know, we have a lot of things going on there where David Montgomery might not be the same guy. I mean, he has only had one game above 20 points. Don't want to eat into your, you know, your boy there, but what are we thinking, John? Yeah, you know, I think right now you can, again, if you're not contending, you can get such a premium for a healthy, strong running back one. So just consider that, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and there's some, there's some guys that I think are, are certainly sells Um, like see what you can get for um, James Robinson I just still don't really trust the Urban Meyer experiment. We know that you know ETN and some of the others will be coming back. He's he's good, and if if you're competing, fine, hold on to him. But I think that's a sell. And then we talked about Alvin Kamara. I'd be shopping Kamara for sure if if you have him. Um, I think he'll he'll be okay. But like you said, Dad, I think it's good advice. Like if you can get that name cachet out of um, Kamara, that'd be another one I would mention. Absolutely. Guys, it's been fun having all three of us on, you know, having a, having a little blast, k- kicking it around here a little bit. Why don't both you guys say, you know, what you have going on, and uh, we'll close it out here. Y'all started up, and uh, again, uh, so much fun uh, this, this past week meeting Mong, and uh, really love uh, always mixing it up with you guys on the pod. You can find me at Dynasty underscore trades, and that's really what we're doing right now. We're in season. We're helping you with trades. We're mixing it up on the pod. Reach out anytime. Send us your lineups. We're happy to help you um, give, give advice, whether it's Dynasty Redraft, setting your lineups, making trades. That's what we love to do. And we seriously uh, love helping the community. So uh, reach out anytime. Yeah, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And just to throw... A couple last things out there while we're talking about all these running backs this week. Uh, Michael Carter, uh, his role's been expanding, so maybe a good uh, buy low-ish before he really gets an opportunity to shine. And then, you know, another potentially gross name, Kenyon Drake, who finally got a little bit more work after Gruden uh, left Vegas this past week. Again, not a guy that you're going to be able to rely on every week, but J.D. McKissick-type flex production here and there. I think I saw a thing where it was the first running back for the Raiders to catch a touchdown and run for a touchdown since 2011. Like that that's crazy, right? Like that's not something that should be difficult and and Kenyon Drake definitely looked good. So, thanks again guys for tuning in and enjoy the process. <laughs>